This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. The Bible says that Satan disguises himself as a bright light and that false teachers would rise, causing many to leave the body of Christ. False leaders would teach different forms of Jesus, and Satan would confuse the people into serving other gods. Satan's attack, according to Irenaeus, was Gnostic influence on early Christianity. There are 370 deities in Greek worship, many of which have multiple names. Over 640 gods were worshipped by the Greeks. Twelve of these gods were considered to be major gods, and they are the counterparts to the gods of Rome. Yet these same gods descended through the city of Tyre, where Ezekiel confronted the king, and where God called the king the serpent from the Garden of Eden. Christians, through Gnostic faith, were being influenced into serving these other gods. Irenaeus describes the attack with new Gnostic scrolls, Gnostic origins that were being included into the faith as new books to the Bible. Much like the Book of Mormon or the Spoken Word of Branham, these books were placed with the same reverence as the Word of God. And Irenaeus condemns them, saying that the original four canonical Gospels were complete. No new gospel could be considered Christian. In his book, Against Heresies, Irenaeus quotes from these extra-biblical scrolls, but primarily from these three scrolls, the Gospel of Truth, the Gospel of Judas, and the Secret Book of John, or the Apocryphon of John. Apocryphon means secret writing and Gnostics were able to convince their following to receive these books by teaching that God had hidden his message to the church in mystery. These books were yet another mystery. The Apocryphon of John is a very rare book. Outside of Irenaeus mentioning this book in Against Heresies, very little was known until 1945 when a cache of papyrus codices bound books were uncovered in Egypt. 
1945 is the same year, coincidentally, that William Branham published his per first pamphlet, I Was Not Disobedient to the Heavenly Vision. Interestingly, Branham claims to have visited Egypt in almost the same breath that he calls the Great Pyramid of Giza the Second Bible. This secret book of John takes the symbolism in the scripture, comparing God to light, and then expands on that to teach the Gnostic ideology that God is mostly light. The scriptures comparing God to a fountain of life are twisted, teaching that this life is light, therefore under Gnostic teaching God becomes a fountain of light, or a spring of light. An older translation of the Apocryphon of John is found in the book Neoplatonism and Gnosticism, and it translates this sentence as fountain. It reads like this, The fountain of the Spirit flowed from the living water of the light and arranged all the aeons and every kind of world. He recognized his own image when he saw it in the water of pure light that surrounds him. His intellection was a, and accomplished a work, and this manifested and remained firm in his presence in the radiance of the light. He is the potency, which is before the all, which was being revealed, the perfect pre-intellect of the all, the light, the likeness of the light, the image of the invisible. Newer translations are closer to the original and describe the spring of light in better detail. It's easy to identify the pagan influence. Like the sun god Ra, this god gives light to the other aeons, or other gods. And under Valentinian Gnostic teaching, God was comprised of eight spirit gods. But these eight would bring forth Ra when they were brought into new order. But while it seems harmless to compare God to light, especially since there are passages of the scripture in the Bible that makes the same comparison. Irenaeus explains why this was damaging to the church. This theology was taking a pagan worship and integrating itself into Christianity to form a different Jesus. And this secret book of John was the evidence of the new Jesus that was being created. The Gnostic scroll was taking the Godhead of the Christian church and changing its form. While the book of John in the Bible describes a triune Godhead, Irenaeus explains that the secret book was denying the original book to create a oneness Godhead. Under Ogdoed influence, it had to be this way. One of the gods was cast down, which they claimed to be Sophia, into a man by the name of Jesus Christ and that one, one God would one day rejoin the other seven. Against heresies, Irenaeus writes this, Further, they teach that John, the disciple of the Lord, indicated the first Ogdode, expressing themselves in these words, John, the disciple of the Lord, wishing to set forth the origin of all things, so as to explain how the Father produced the whole, lays down a certain principle. That, namely, was the first begotten by God, which being he has termed both 
listen to this, both the only begotten Son and God, in whom the Father, after a seminal manner, brought forth all things. By him the Word was produced, and in him the whole substance of the aeons, to which the Word himself afterwards imparted form. You'll remember that William Branham added the words to dwell in to the scripture that says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The secret book of John was taking the triune God out of the heavens to dwell completely in the man Jesus Christ, which supported their teaching of Sophia. Irenaeus argues that denying the triune nature of God was to support the one fallen God of the Ogdode, and was also denying the book of John. John says that Jesus was the Word, and that same Word was in the beginning with God. Irenaeus writes this, Since therefore he treats the first origin of things, he rightly proceeds in his teaching from the beginning, that is, from God and the Word. And he expresses himself thus, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God having first of all distinguished these three, God, the beginning, and the Word. Again, he unites them, that he may exhibit the production of them, that is, the Son of the Word, and that he might at the same time show their union with one another, with the Father. In the beginning is in the Father, and of the Father while the Word is in the beginning, and of the beginning. Very properly then, he did say, in the beginning was the Word. For he was in the Son, and the Word was with God. For he was in the beginning, and the Word was God. Of course that which is begotten of God is God. The same was in the beginning with God. This discloses the order of production. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made. For the Word was the author of the form, and the beginning to all the aeons that came into existence after him. But what was made in him, says John, is life. But the secret book of John was actually levels worse than just denying that God is the God that John proclaims in the book of John. The entire nature of God was changed. This teaching of the fountain of light changed God. Under Gnostic teaching, the word was light, and the secret book describes the light that is going out from God to form Jesus Christ. Sophia was cast down from the Ogdode and poured herself into a prepared vessel, Jesus Christ. Irenaeus writes this, for in discoursing of the Savior and declaring that all things beyond the plumora, received form from him. <clears throat> he says that he is the fruit of the entire plumora. For he styles him a light which shineth in the darkness, and which was not comprehended by it. Insomuch as when he imparted to form all of these things, which had their origin from passion, he was not known by it. He also styles him son, Althea, and Zoe. 
And the Word made flesh, whose glory, he says, we beheld. And his glory was as that of the only begotten given to him by the Father, full of grace and truth. If you're familiar with William Branham's teachings on theophany, you will recognize the Gnostic origin from the book of John. Branham claimed that the Spirit went out of God into the form of Jesus Christ, and this created the theophany. Theophany is a Greek word that describes an event when God and man come in contact with each other. It describes a sighting of God, a time when God makes himself manifest to a mortal. When Ezekiel and Isaiah saw the throne of God, it was a theophany. When God appeared before Moses, it was a theophany. Each instance of God manifesting himself before human flesh was what the Greeks called theophany. Under Greek tradition, theophanies was a festival when Apollo believed to return from Hyperborea to manifest himself before the people. The very first time that William Branham introduces this word into his teaching, he changes the meaning of theophany into an example of travel or transition. He says this in the Entombment, 1957. They call it a theophany, that when we leave here to go somewhere else, that wherever it may be, I take the Apostle's word, he said, if this earthly tabernacle dwelling place be exalved, then we already have one waiting to move from this into that. But over time, this simple statement would transform into the very thing that the secret book of John describes. In 1957, sermon entitled, We Would See Jesus, William Branham says this, In the beginning God was a spirit, and all of the fountain of goodness and mercy and power, all of the things of love, God was the center of that fountain. And then the Logos went out of God in the beginning and become what we would call a theophany or a supernatural body. God is not like the air, but he's in a body. Moses seen him pass and said that it looked like the back part of a man and so forth. And then that same theophany was made flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld him, the only begotten of the Father, Christ. It's William Branham, we would see Jesus. Notice that phrase, fountain of goodness and mercy. As we examine another example, he says this in Thirsting for Life. And the Logos, which was the Son of God, went out, created by these great fountains of purity. God and those spirits went out, and it created the Logos, and it was a body. It was the form of what we are now, which is called the clergy way of speaking it, a theophany. It's a body that doesn't have a spirit in it. It's a body that's waiting for you Christians. And as soon as the life leaves this, you go into that body. When this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have one already waiting, a theophany. The title of that sermon was Thirsting for Life. And God described, God is described in this sermon as a fountain. 
Each time that William Branham describes the nature of God in his later sermons, he uses this example of God being a fountain. The casual listener might think that Branham is comparing God to the fountain of life, as we find in Scripture, but if you fully examine everything that William Branham says on the subject, you'll realize that it seems as though he is preaching from the secret book of John. In the sermon, Questions and Answers on Hebrews, Branham is asked what kind of body the saints will have. And remember, the Gnostic answer for this is that we will have light bodies. Listen to Branham's answer. In the beginning, God. We'll go back to our Hebrew teaching for just a few minutes. God was in that great big fountain of seven colors. How many knows that, see? But Irenaeus condemns this Gnostic idea. Each time that light is used in Scripture, it is a parallel, not a physical description. God is our lighthouse, shining in darkness, but that does not mean that God is made of brick with a light bulb spinning circles. Neither is God a fountain of seven colors, as William Branham describes. God is not the rainbow of fruit flavors. In Against Heresies, Irenaeus shows the, this twisted teaching and explains that they have taken the comparison between God and the things that we can see and understand and then twisted them to make the one true God fit into the gods of Egypt. And against heresies, he says this, For in discoursing of the Savior and declaring that all things beyond the plumora received form from him, he says that he is the fruit of the entire plumora, For he styles him as a light which shineth in darkness, and which was not comprehended by it. Insomuch as when he imparted to form all of these things, which their origin had from passion, he was not made known by it. He also styles him the Son, and the Althea, and Zoe, and the Word made flesh, whose glory, he says, we beheld. And his glory is one of the, the only begotten, given to him by the Father, full of grace and truth. But what John really says is this, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thus then does he, according to them, distinctly set, first, set forth the first tetrad when he speaks of the Father, and Charis, and Monogeus, and Althea. In this way does John tell of the first Ogdode, and that is the mother of all aeons. For he mentions the Father, and Charis, and Monogeus, and Althea, and Logos, and Zoe, and Athropos, and Alkia. Such are the views of Ptolemus. That's in Against Heresies, Irenaeus. The year 1957 was very strange when you consider that this teaching twists the word theophany to create a different Jesus. It is the only year that Branham teaches this Gnostic doctrine that the Logos went out of God to form a theophany using the term of a fountain of light. In the years prior, Theophany is not mentioned at all. 
And in the years after, this teaching has already been established in the listener's minds, and he does not have to reestablish the doctrine. But we find it all throughout 1957, and in each instance, Branham describes God as this fountain that he would later explain is a fountain of 12 colors. 1957, we would see Jesus. He says, In the beginning, God was a spirit. All of the fountain of goodness and mercy and power, all of the good things of love, God was the center of that fountain. 1957, the sermon Life, he says, The great fountain of all eternity was that spirit of love, joy, and that spirit of honesty, that spirit of trueness and this perfection. Then out of this existence, the Father went the Logos, which was the Son, which was the Theophany. The body of the great Jehovah God went forth in a celestial body. He says again, same sermon, Then that Theophany was made flesh in the person Jesus Christ. And then all the fullness of the Trinity dwelt in Him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just as Irenaeus said, that triad went into Jesus Christ. And Branham says, both the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all in that. That's the way we have to go, plumb back there to the original beginning of God. In the sermon, Thirsting for Life, he says, God, the fountain of all life, and the Logos that went out of God, that brewed over the earth as he was cooing. Well, the word means mothering or cooing. Notice that he takes us back out of the new covenant of grace and into the old covenant of law that Paul calls obsolete. In the sermon Hebrews chapter 1, he says, Then out of another stream, off of this main fountain, the diamond, and it was called righteousness, absolutely righteousness. Now that's the reason we have law. That's the reason the law has to have judgment. If no judgment doesn't follow, then law doesn't do no good. Later in that sermon, a few sentences down, Branham starts to describe this fountain of light that the secret book of John describes. Same sermon, Hebrews chapter 1, he says, Now when these great lights went out, or the great rays of spirit, love, peace, there was all there was in that. There wasn't no suffering. There wasn't no hate nor no malice. It couldn't come from this fountain. That was Jehovah. That was Jehovah God. As the theologian calls it, a theophany went from that, which is called in the scriptural the Logos, the Logos that went out of God. It's hard to explain, but that was part of God. Also notice that this Gnostic fountain of light is where Branham starts to claim that Jesus was not eternal. This is where Branham claims that Jesus was created. He says the Logos and this great fountain, this great fountain of spirit which had no beginning or no end, the spirit began to form in the creation and the Logos that went out of it was the Son of God. Like the teachings in the secret book of John, the statement by William Branham is in direct conflict with the book of John that's found in the Bible. In the opening statements of John, it says that Jesus was the Word, and that all things were created by Him and for Him. 
It says that he was in the beginning with God, not created by some fountain of light God that created a different Jesus. Towards the end of that sermon is where Branham produces the rainbow of fruit flavors of this Gnostic God. Out of this fountain of God, multicolored lights begin to emit light to the other gods in the Ogdode. He says this in Hebrews chapter 4. That's when, that's it when Jesus went back to the Logos, the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel, setting in the presence of them greats. Fountain, rainbow of lights that came out. The seven perfect spirits, a spirit of love. John 1 John 5, chapter 5, verse 7, describes the Christian God, the one true God of the Bible, the God that said, let us make man in our image, and then created a mortal that contained both male and female, a God that sent his own Son, Jesus Christ, and a God that promised to send his Holy Spirit to us when Christ ascended to the throne. 1 John 5, 7 says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. To believe any other God is a false God, even if that God has been rebranded with the name Jesus, or Jehovah, or Elohim, or even Yahweh. There is only one way to describe the Christian God, and that is by reading the Scripture. The book of John, not the secret book, but the real book, of the Bible gives the most accurate description of God in the shortest grouping of sentences. It fully explains the God that we serve, but it starts by speaking of the Word. Because this is a little difficult for Christians who are starting to learn his or her Bible, Gnostic influence is powerful. Gnosticism explains the mystery that is built upon scriptures that have been built upon explanations and comparisons for the mortal mind to better comprehend. These mysteries twist the meaning into something entirely different. If you start the chapter with verse 14, you'll find out who the Word is. You'll find out who exactly John is describing when he says that the Word created all things. John 1, 14-15 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is only the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him, Jesus, and cried out, This is He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because He was before me. Now, having established that Jesus is the Word, the full passage is made easy enough for even the beginner to understand. In the beginning was Jesus, the Word. And Jesus, the Word, was with God. With God. And Jesus, the Word, was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus was not anything that was made. That's John 1 through 3 of chapter 1. 
adding the name Jesus in front of the word. Examine the scriptures. Find them for yourselves. Study the God that you find in your Bible. You'll find that it does not match this Egyptian Gnostic God. Which God do you want to serve? The God of the Bible or the God of William Branham? Thank you.